0: Welcome to Epilogues, a weekly podcast focusing on that week's Haftarah. And you're with Rabbi Yaakov Tramp. This week we're going to be focusing on Parashas Naso. The Haftarah for Parashas Naso is found in Sefer Shoftim, Perag Yudgimel, Pasuk Beis, to Pasuk Chafei. Let's take a brief look at the Haftarah itself, and then consider some points to ponder. Our Haftarah tells a very fascinating story about the birth of Shimshon. Shimshon is going to be serve as the last Shofet, the last judge or leader of the nation of Israel in the book of Shoftim as a whole. And we're told about the unusual circumstances which lead to his birth. Our haftorah tells us first about a couple. The man's name is Manoach, and interestingly enough, his wife does not have a name explicitly in the text. She is called Ashes Manoach, the wife of Manoach. We hear that they are from the family of Dan, from the tribe of Dan and they are living in the area of Tsaraa. We hear that this family do not, are not blessed with children. But one day a Malach Hashem, an angel of Hashem, appears to this woman and tells her, At akarava lo yalad. He says that the reason that they're not having children is her. She is the, she is the one who is barren. And he prophesies to her, he gives her the tidings that she will conceive and have a child. But there are a few conditions. Number one is she has to be careful that she may not drink any ones or alcoholic beverages. She may not eat anything which is impure because she is, she is told you're going to have a child. And when that child's born, you will not cut his hair will not put a razor upon his head because he will be a Nazir elokim. He'll be a child who is dedicated to Hashem from utero and he will, Yachel es plishtim, will be the beginning of the salvation of the land of the nation of Israel from the Philistines. So, upon receiving this this divine message, she returns to her husband and she tells him that Ishalo Kimbo Eli, the man of God, came to me, and she describes how he looked like a very awesome and fearful um, um, angel. And uh, and I didn't ask him any questions. I didn't I didn't, didn't inquire further. Uh, but he told me that he is going to I'm going to have a child. And he told me that I can't drink wine or alcohol, and I'm allowed to eat any impure things because he's going to be a Nazir. Fantastic. That's the rishi re- she reports the, the, the episode. Now, Manach then prays. He prays to Hashem and he says, Hashem, please, my master, the, this, this, this specter, this oracle that you sent to my wife, uh, please then come one more time and tell us what we should do with this child. And Hashem answered Manach remarkably, and sent this Malach again but he appears again to the woman she's in the field and Manoach is not with her she runs back she tells her husband that in fact this man has appeared and um, and and that's what happens he, he, he goes after his wife and he asks this specter, this angel are you the person who spoke to my wife and he says "Ani, i am manach uh, says what 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 are we supposed to do with this child So the malach says whatever i told your wife or what you're supposed to be doing and he repeats again that he cannot drink wine or any alcohols and he cannot um, eat anything which is impure as i told her so manach is 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 really bowled over by this experience and he says let's just stay a little bit over here and we'll make for you, at least, you know, we'll make Gediyezim, we'll give some sort of, it sounds like a sacrifice that he's asking to give to this, this uh, angel. And um, the angel says, don't, don't stop me and ask me to eat, because um, if you make a sacrifice, make it to Hashem. I am an angel. My noach then persists and says, Me, Shemecha, what is your name? Um, that we can honor you. And the malach says, Lama azeti shali Shmi, why do you ask me my name? Peli. My name is Peli. Okay, we'll get. We'll perhaps we'll get to that in some points to ponder in a moment. And then, and then Monarch then prepares the Gadis, and he prepares all the goats, and, and he puts it on the rock. that's what the word is. Peli. He did a wondrous thing. Um, what as he appears, he disappears into a flame as he ascends to the heavens. He touches the um the the the, 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 the flame on this altar, and everything is consumed. And um, and never he never reappears. at which point in time Anar says to his wife, Most, we're gonna die because Elohimra, you know we saw a godly figure, and the, his wife again corrects him and says, "No, if he wanted to kill us, he perhaps wouldn't have taken the sacrifice, he wouldn't have come here." Um, rather, he, he was here to give us a message, and that's what happens, they conceive, she has a child, and the child is called Shimshon. The child grows up, the Spirit of God starts to reverberate in him in, in the camp of Dan between Sarah and Eshtoel. That's the end of our parakh, that's the end of our Haftarah. A few basic questions to ponder. Number one is, is in this apparition process over here that Malach appears twice, and when he appears to the lady first, Aishas Monach first, it is interesting that she is not a, um, a full reporter. She does not give her husband all the details that she actually heard. She was told four things. She was told that you can't eat um, anything which is impure, you can't drink alcohol, you, you may not cut his hair, and he will be a savior of Israel. When she reports back, she only tells two things to her husband, which is perhaps why he wants to know more. He, he, I mean, she only tells about the drinking of alcohol and, she, and the eating of impure things. Why does she leave out the other two details? So, I w- heard a very compelling idea from Nelly Samet, who, say, who suggests a very beautiful perspective, and that is that she is trying to um, downplay the fact that she was chosen over her husband. After all, the Malach appeared both times to her. Um, and she felt deeply humbled by this experience, and she wants to underemphasize her chosenness, which is why she only reports the details which relate to pregnancy the consuming alcohol and impure things that she has to refrain from are pregnancy related details so she can perhaps say to her husband the reason why the Malach appeared to me was because these relate to the in utero stage but she leaves out cutting his hair and that he will be a savior of Israel which are related to the life he'll lead afterwards because those could have also been given to her husband and yet they weren't which means to say in a certain sense that that she's trying to shield her husband perhaps his ego from having been overlooked which actually comes to a very interesting conclusion and that is that perhaps the reason she has chosen is because of her innocence and accepting. She specifically does not ask the name of the Malach. She does not ask for assurances. She does not give, offer to give karbonos. She simply accepts what the Malach says and perhaps that's why she is chosen. In that sense, there is a, 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 almost a dramatic irony which we see in our Perak and in our Haftarah and that is, is that although it is true that the person who's given the name in our Peric is Manoach, the husband. It seems that the, uh, the real protagonist in our Peric is actually Asius Manoach. But Tanakh, in a certain dramatic irony, in a satire almost, ha- hides her name, veils her name, almost as if to say that she's off on the side, but really, she really is actually the center of the story as a whole. And that's perhaps what Hashem is looking for, is people who are perhaps a little more innocent, a little more naive, a little more pure in terms of their way they lead their lives. Now, a few basic other points to think about and the, the, and the other question we can look at is what is this angel's name? It sounds very similar to Pasha's where like, Yishlach, Yaakov, Venu um, asks of the angel's name that he specter he fought with at night and in fact over there did not tell him a name. Here we're told it's Peli. What does Peli mean? So the Rashi in the Sif, quotes the Sifrei, that this refers to, it's it's something which changes every day and therefore it's covered. It's Nifla, it's, it's covered, it's hidden because his Job is uh, what his role is, his expressing the divine r- will is changing on a daily basis, which is why it's covered, so it doesn't have a name. So Peli is not a name, it's actually an idea of, of covered. The Targum says perhaps it might not be his name is changing every day, but it is hidden from their understanding. Again, not really a name, but, but from the word Niflite, it is completely hidden. The Malbim quotes the, ba, the, the Medrash Barashas or Rabbah and says the name is Peli because he now has a, a job to do Nazirus. Nazirus, um, the idea of making a person into a Nazir, is, is related to in the Torah, is is Ishki Yafli in Pashas Nasa, a person who will express. The word Yafli means to articulate, to make a Neder, a commitment. And therefore this an angel is related to the job of what he is about to do as well. Finally the case, of Koetz Arizal that says that the word for the words used to describe Hashem's actions when bringing children to barren couples is Pele or Maflila is wondrously doing, and that relates to the, the job of the angels. So whether it's beyond understanding, like Rashi in the Targum, or whether it's about the the job that they need to do as making the Hafla'ah, the articulation of the Naziris, or whether it is, as Arizal says, it is the Pele, the wonder of childbirth. These are all included in this name as well. Another question we can ask is what is the meaning lift the spirit of God starts to reverberate in him so we see a few explanations one a few positive ones the Radak says to strengthen him The Ralbag says it's uh, it's like a bell like the word Pamon uh, because it is uh, because sometimes he decides to attack and sometimes he decides to desist so sometimes he has strength sometimes he doesn't. And similarly, Chazal said, "Rings and running like a bell, like this recalls recalling the Navu of Yaakov Avinu that Yaakov Avenu had talked about Dan in the bracha given the Shimshon in the bracha given to Dan in Pasha's VaYechi, um, uh, talking about the viper that will bring down the entire horse." So the, that is the the prophecy which is reverberating. Rashi does bring a negative perspective, which is that it comes to him, the spirit of God comes to him from time to time. Meaning, there's no consistency in this as well question we can also ask is was Shimushan a real Nazir? The Torah's condition for Nazir and Pashas Nasa are threefold. That is no shaving, no wine and no becoming not becoming impure for a dead person. Now it's true uh, during pregnancy, his mother was told not to eat, to eat or consume anything impure, but when in Shimshon's life, he lived a very complicated life, and he was impure to many dead bodies because he killed many, many people, sometimes with his bare hands. So we have to ask ourselves, was Shimshon a real Nazir? The Rambam actually says in the halachas of Nazir, that the Shimshon was not a full Nazir. He was really his unique track called Nazir Shimshon a whereas a regular person can opt into na zeros and have the entire pa- package this person was not able to opt in he was in and it was not the full package because it was an entire lifelong long. Commitment; therefore, it was somewhat attenuated in terms of the commitment as well. Um, so, what's the point of it? So, why is this here? The so Medrash Rabba says that this, the Nazirus, is the source of his strength as well. That's the, 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 so in order to give him that strength. However, the Ralbag says that perhaps this is a preemptive. Um, Nazirus, because of the complexity, it's not that the Nazirus gives him the strength; it's that the Nazirus is to guard him because of his involvement in the world. As we're going to see, if we look further in Nach. Uh, in the next parak, the next two parakim about Shimshon, he lived a very, very complex life. He marries a Philistine woman. He has complicated relationships, and this, in, and he lives a life which is perhaps not the straight and narrow. And in order to perhaps preempt that exposure, the Niziris is there. So as opposed to naziros which is used typically in the Parasha when reflecting upon an immoral experience that a person wants to um, wants to try to avoid. In this case, we're talking about the future of a life, a very complex life, and these are. The the, the, the um, perhaps the checks and balance in order to make sure that, this, the, this, uh, that his life would be perhaps straight on this small, straight and narrow. With this, we conclude the Av for Parashat Nasai and our, the episode of Epilogues. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.